time to sit down at the table we when we first sat down we were going to do episode 20 and we decided uh you know what we haven't hung out in a long time and we decided to just go ahead and have a sunday fun day yeah i mean things got pretty hairy pretty quick so man thanks so much for inviting me back dude to sit down and talk with you so what a great day from what i remember yeah yeah it was what a I great have day. zero regrets about it i'm glad it happened just the way it did and now here we're sitting and this is episode 23 now, so you get the Michael Jordan podcast. Nice. So, um, dude, thanks for making the drive, first off. San Antonio, so to here. how long did it take you anyway? What, two, two hours? It took me a couple of hours, yeah, okay. but that's just based on where I am in San Antonio and where you guys are in Austin. It's a okay. drive. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. So, um, man, I've been wanting to get you on the podcast for for a couple of different reasons. Number one, uh, and you said it just a minute ago before we hit record. Uh, you, by nature, you're a storyteller, and though like this podcast is creative moonlighting, it's about people who literally have two lives going on. They have their work life, their professional life, and they're making their living and they're living and they're doing their thing. And they're also these creative souls that they do things literally under the moonlight, nights and weekends. They keep that going all all the while and and what i've noticed about you is that it seems like every time we hang out even if you're not like necessarily writing the things down or uh even do the, the art in you is just in the stories that you tell and the and the weird really strange part about that is it, it's not it's not the kind of art if you don't write it down or put it in a movie or paint it out or whatever um a lot of times you just have to be around you in order to gain that art or else you're not, it's not like I'm gonna be able to Google search, hey, what did Tori say? And again, I literally have found myself a few times going, hey, I'll text Austin, our, our friend, you know, and say, man, Austin, what did, what was exactly, how did Tori say that again? You know, and it, and that to me, that's a, that's a creative that's talent, great. right? So, um, so I wanted to just kind of talk to you. I know you. I know you've got a lot of different uh, nooks and crannies and compartments of the story that that has become you know landed you where you are now. So I kind of just want to start. We'll probably be all over the map. Doesn't have to be any major organized thing. Sounds good. All over the yeah. map is where I like being. So I'm gonna let you talk for a second. Yeah. No. That that's great, Matt. Oh, Thanks for that's right to you. Okay. Hope this sounds a little bit better. Um, I mean, just a little history about myself. I am born and raised in San Antonio and uh, was in San Antonio for a while. Always wanted to get into acting and do the acting thing. I did leave San Antonio and go to Los Angeles shortly after college. And I was out there for about four or five years and, and did some small stuff. So um, I give the context because I did come to a point in my life to where I was like, man, let's get up off my rear and let's go see if we can really make this happen. Yeah. Um, and you go out and you have a lot of great experiences, a lot of great stories. But then as I got older, you know, um, ultimately found found my way back in San Antonio, Miss Texas. And, yeah. And, and you were back. in L.A. during that time, right? Right. Okay. I was in Los Angeles and uh, working here and there. Fortunate enough to get to do some work, but, um, you know, nothing, nothing big but enough to do what I loved, which was great. So, you know, the reality being back, I've been back for a while now. I have a family now, a lot has changed. Um, but what I've found is um, while I put my creative mindset on hold, I, and it wasn't intentional, you just don't have the time or place. I'm definitely in the 
in a place today where I think more and more about my creativity, where I, I think about creative things. I create, I think about storylines. I think about plot lines. And like you said, I'm a, I'm a storyteller. And, uh, you know, I think I get that from my family. My dad is a really witty guy. He's been telling dad jokes <laughs> since I can remember. And that's the majority of what I do. I think that I'm just uh, a, a dad joke guy, just like my dad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's funny because, yeah, I get maybe I'm just of the age to super appreciate it, too. But, you know, um, I, th I think a lot of times, too, is you say stuff at. So what with with, with funny people that are people that are naturally funny, what I notice is they say what you just had a flash of insight and what you just thought. They say it. It comes out of their mouth at the right time that you were just thinking it, and that already makes you smile. And then they happen to have a a, a cadence that is also funny. And so probably you did get that, right? If it's, if your dad did that and it's... And I did, and I think I have always had um, like this empathetic, sympathetic mindset to where I want to relate to people. Mm -hmm. And it's funny how that sense of intuitiveness or knowing what someone's feeling yeah. can turn into comedy when you want it to. Yeah. Because then you kind of have that essence of what people are feeling and you're thinking and, and you can have the shock factor. And Yeah, because I don't, I don't really ever remember you, not to say you haven't done it, but I don't ever, you're not the guy that's always like, all right, stop me if you heard it before and you start in on a joke like out of nowhere. Not to say that, that that those can't be funny. They can be, but usually it's in the flow of whatever the hell it is we're talking about that something crazy comes out of your mouth and I go, oh, Jesus. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, for the reality is, is that growing up, um, you know, we all kind of have our thing, but I was a pretty insecure little dude. But the one thing I knew is that I could make people laugh. Uh -huh. And not only could I make people laugh, but I understood. I was a good listener. I wasn't afraid to relate to people. And so I think that those kind of desires or those mindsets, they like, not me not knowing it or intentionally, but like that being a core of who I was, uh -huh. those things started to mature in a comedic way when I started to understand you know, get to know people's behaviors and their mindset really well. And then always having kind of the, I want to make you smile. Yeah. I want to make you laugh. Like I may not always be seeming like it and I'm not always going for the joke, but there is this thing inside of me that is always looking for the opportunity to make you laugh when you least expected it. Right, right. And I don't I know, know what I that can thing see that, is. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like a superpower. <laughs> well, it's awesome because, and, and you know. I, mean, I guess it's only a superpower because you're telling me I'm good at it. Before I would have just said it's this thing that I do. But, um, you know, to make people laugh is something that. It's it's especially, I, I mean, there's an argument to a case to be made that it's the, you know, I, I think music and and being able to make people laugh, those are kind of in the same highest realm of, you know, um, obviously I, I put acting up there because I love acting, I'm an actor too, but but acting doesn't appeal to everyone. Um, a good acting performance doesn't always appeal to everyone, but I will say the ability to laugh or hear some uh, tune or, or melody that works, that makes you smile, that shit gets everybody. Everybody likes that. No, there's not. I don't. I've never met a human being on Earth that doesn't want that. You know. Right. So, that's like you said. It is a superpower in a way. You know. So okay. So you said your dad kind of brought just kind of it just kind of was innate for you because your dad, right? Yeah. 
my the the guys, my dad and his brothers in they general, on. their talent. Yeah, my dad has four brothers. Um, one passed away when I was really young, when he was really young in a car accident. Um, but all boys and all talented with sports and music, mm -hmm. um, except my dad, who was funny. He was the oldest okay. and he was the funny one. Not as athletic and not as inclined <laughs> with a with a guitar. He would tell you his vocals. Yeah, but <laughs> but he was the funny one. He was the funny one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I did. I grew around a bunch of around folks who kind of um, played off of each other, and I'm very fortunate that I I um, my ecosystem is still very much made up of the people that I grew up with. Right. Yeah. I've got buddies that I went to college with, buddies that I went to high school with, but I still have several friends that I've known since I was real little. Yeah. And so same here. Right. And so we're fortunate in that because um, that challenge you in, in the fact that they know who you are. You can't just show up and be kind of funny. Yeah. Tory unexpected. Yeah. Like you can't be new Tory. They're going to call you. Yeah. Shit. They're yeah. All like, ha ha. Right, so even with those guys, if you want to make them laugh, you've kind of got to challenge yourself a little right. bit to be a, a little more shock factor, um, a little more creative. Yeah, um, a little well, more intelligent. That's a good test because if they've known you that long, they're not inclined to also toot your horn either. They're just, no. it's like, no, if I can get one over on Tori, I will, but I'm not going to just laugh at every damn thing he says. Right, you know, you, you've met my group of friends. Yes, you in yes, fact and yeah, that's... yeah, we have mutual. They're, yeah, oh yeah, they, they're, their goal is. Is to bust balls. It's not. That's how they love. <laughs> that's what that's love. their love language. <laughs> that's their love language. That's their love language is busting balls. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. It really is. I mean, every little thing you do, I don't care how you do it, it's it's going to be scrutinized. It's going to be, I mean, just any trip we've taken, that's how that goes. Um, okay, so thinking back, all right, so, so you got that from your dad and his brothers and your uncles and uh, like what... It, at what point did you, and I'm assuming you did have this point because you obviously, you, you went and, and went to be an actor. At what point did you decide the creative arts was sort of, you know, kind of in your wheelhouse? Or did, or was, is there a memory or is there something that you did or something that stands out? There is, uh, there's a couple of things. Uh, you know, grow, I, like I told you, growing up, pretty insecure little dude, little chubby guy. And uh, I love who I am today and I wouldn't change it. Oh, the I facts know, are the yeah. facts, right? Um, little chubby guy. And so, you know, I just, it, it, I completely lost my train of thought. So we were saying, it's okay, it happens too. I, dude, that happens to me at least three times a day, actually. <laughs> Literally. And I was I, looking at notes yeah. and then I was like, what? What yeah. About yeah. The earliest moment. So I was asking about if you had a memory of I that did. early. Boom. Yeah. Thank you for getting me back on track, Matt. I appreciate that. <laughs> so insecure little dude and uh, was in theater. And, you know, when you're in elementary school, they don't um, always give you the option. Like if you're going to try out, they kind of just take a group and they're like, hey, we're going to do the fifth grade play and you're in it. Yep. And, you know, long story short, I was in it. I think I was Santa Claus. Nice. I think I had like five speaking roles or speaking parts, but I don't know what it was. It was this thing where I was on stage. You can't see anyone out in the audience. You yeah. don't realize that as a youth. Yeah. Right? The lights are on you. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just, psh, it comes on. And instead of being like, oh my goodness, I was more like, oh wait, no one can, I can't even see anybody. I'm invisible. And then all of that <laughs> nervousness turned into like, boldness uh, and so I really got into it and the laughter 
Yeah. Like just hearing everyone laugh so hard, right? Every time I was on stage. And then after that, people coming up to me and just saying, oh, I haven't, I didn't laugh that hard all day. Thank yeah. you, young man, you've really got a gift. I say that's the first time because it wasn't about like how I performed. It was about how they, they responded. felt. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, as as that little insecure, I was like, ah, I'm that, good at this. I always knew I was funny with my friends, but those those were the things that let me know um, you are funny and you do have presence, and you know it gave me some truths yeah. that I needed to hear at that age that gave me confidence going into middle school. And so in middle school, That's I huge, did man. get into theater. I did get into drama. I was the drama club president my nice. seventh or eighth grade year. Um, so that, you know, and, and throughout that, it was, there was always the build of, you know, I did well at UIL, things of that nature. Yeah, yeah. You debate club and we were talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did really well there. And um, so I guess that's where it would start, right? It was almost like people would tell me, oh, you're a good listener and, and oh, this, that. But it was the audiences that told me you're funny, you have presence. And um, it was kind of like this stuff coming together where there was something inside of me that said, I've got differentiators. I know I do. And having that big, bold belief, I think, as a kid, you know, like really feeling like, you have it in you to do to something. be big and different. Yeah. Um, when when you say I, it, I've got differentiators, that mean you have something that can allow you to differentiate yourself from. I the believed. Crowd? Yes, yeah. I believed. It wasn't that I was funnier. It was because of how much I listen. I, I it was at a very young age I realized your insecurity has led you to be a person who really listens, who really cares, and really wants to make people laugh. And guess what, dude? You're pretty good at all three. Yep. And so I started to kind of emulate my life on those key fundamental things, right? That, I wanted I to mean, listen to people. I wanted to hear them out. I wanted to relate to them. I wanted to be a voice of reason, right? Because I wanted them to know, hey, I'm no different than you. I'm just this little short chubby kid, but I believe I'm going to be big. Yeah. And I believe this. And if what you're telling me is infectious to you, then you got to know I'm just like you. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And then lastly, you know, I want to I want to make you smile from the inside out. And so those, whether I knew it or not, those were kind of my pillars on life that I had. So you, and I can tell you now those were my pillars, but you I never you knew then that, that that's what I was, okay. that that's what I was doing. That, so it wasn't a conscious thing then. It was just kind of those things. As yeah. a kid, it's real it, Maybe simple. it was a survival thing. I can thing. listen, I can listen. Well, and, and when you're going through, um, when you're going through adolescence, like you don't care that you're the chubby guy all the way until you're like 13 or 14. Right. Right? Before someone makes fun of you, you just punch them in their nose, <laughs> yeah. you know? You get older and, and you have to handle things in, in different ways. And all of a sudden, you know, um, it's not a pity party, but you start to pro and con. You start to realize, what do I have going for me? What am I working against? This is kind of a really real talk thing you have with yourself. Yeah. And I knew that those were three things that I had, but it wasn't like it upset me. Yeah. It's not like, it's like I wanted to work on not being kind of the physical end of what I was, but I did feel like internally, also very strong man of Christ. So that was, yeah. I want to make sure that that's known that that was kind of always been a fundamental part of Through line. What, what I've been doing. Spine, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. But I did feel like I really want to listen to people. And for some reason, when I talk, people want to listen. So I want to let them know I relate. And ultimately, whenever I can, 
I want you to laugh and I want you to laugh so hard you can hardly control it. Yeah, you know? yeah, that is aw- that's really, really cool because I, so I not to say that this whole podcast was meant to be about acting, but that's what you really are. You're an actor storyteller is the way I see you. Uh, um, be, but that alone right there, they, they, they one of the first things they teach you in an acting class is that you know, acting is reacting and you have to be able to listen to the other person. You can't be sitting there waiting to talk. You can't be sitting there thinking about the line that you're supposed to say. You have to be listening to the other person, especially if you're making a movie. Because otherwise it's gonna register that this is false. This is a bunch of bullshit, you know? And and that's that's a tough thing to do, especially when you got all this, these other things going on inside your head. I mean, and it happens in, in life. We sit there and we, you know, we catch yourself a lot of times just waiting to talk. Kind well, of it's thing. funny that you say this because, because I spent so much time wanting to do the acting thing and you're a script reader. Right. You intuitively don't realize it, but you are programmed with someone who's doing acting at a young age to listen to respond. Right. That's what a script reader is. Yeah. It's, 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 Yes, as you get older, it may be beautiful flow, but you do. As I got older, I realized as someone who would cut people off because you're you're listening to respond. Yeah, right. Someone and when you who, hear something, you're ready for you go in. Oh yeah, and hey, when, once fifteen people have told you that you understand people really well, all of a sudden you're Nostrafic and Domish. You understand <laughs> everyone really well, so you got to cut everybody off to let them know. Hey, no need to finish your sentences, Mister and Mrs. I'm gonna finish it for you. I'm that good. <laughs> Let me, you don't tell me how you feel. I'm gonna tell you how I feel. Yeah. But then you get older and you realize, hey, like you've got a strength there, but um, where you're your best is when you listen to understand. Yeah, and and let them go ahead and finish even if you know listen what they're to about understand. to say. Don't listen to respond. And it's funny how like one or two little, it doesn't need to be this long drawn out thing to make such a dr- drastic impact, I believe on anyone's life, but on me, I'm a man of quotes and sayings. I say that because that very thing right there has helped me so much. Yeah. You know, listen to understand and not to respond. Yeah. And, and you know, the more that we've gone down the road of making this podcast, you know, we're always trying to re, re you know, reel things back into being creative. But I almost think that part of surviving as a social being, which we are, uh, you know, is part of that is I think if you've ever gone about trying to create anything, then you've had to go through some things to, to learn and listening and really thinking kind of deeply about things is a part of learning anything. And so because of your uh, a goal to create something, you end up becoming a more well-rounded human being, even if you don't intend to do it professionally or or whatever. But like you just said, you took something from being a kid that you happen to be good at, and that's been a through line in your whole life. I mean, it's been a, it's it's been something, and and so this kind of pushes me into my next question, which is, um, you know, what I know what you do, but for for the audience, what do you do for a living? And how has this creative being that lives inside you played a role? Because I know it has. Sure. Um, so I am in sales. I um, work for a large technology company. And, you know, in a nutshell, I um, am responsible for selling this, the technology that makes up what we know as the cloud, mm-hmm. right, to large companies so that they can create their own cloud. Gotcha. In a nutshell. Yeah. Um, so I love what I do. It's it's really cool as I'm someone who went out to 
to LA to do the acting thing. And in my life, when I grew up, I wanted to be an architect and I wanted to be an actor. So how I got into technology sales, um, you know, that's, there is life, right? So there is life, but I love what I do. Um, there's a couple of things I really love what I do. I love that I'm solving problems. I think that's first and foremost that you get to solve really real, you know, very real problems that large companies are going through today based on so much of what's going on in the landscape. Saying right. the pandemic would be so easy yeah. to go that route. There's so much that's going on today that's changing the landscape of how business is done and technology is at the forefront. And so that's really exciting. To yeah. Me. The cheesy part of it is that I grew up and, you know, born in 1975. I love Star Trek, Star Wars. I watched yeah. the Jetsons you know, Minority Report, Fifth Element, like watching this stuff and then knowing that I'm living in a world where it's here. It's coming. A lot of where it's, and you, and it's you're, here. And you're watching the cutting edge of it. I'm, and I'm, yeah, and I'm helping with companies integrate it. Yeah. So I love that. I think that's the part that, you know, there's a creative part of, um, there's a, there's a creative essence in all of that, which is how technology is helping us and then the fear of what it could evolve into, right? If you watch Black Mirror, if you watch any of this yeah, stuff, yeah. right? There is this double-edged sword, I think, because I love technology, that's something that fascinates me. So I find, as I'm being creative today, <clears throat> that's something that I think about, right? In the, crea in the storytelling. It's funny that we say that I'm a storyteller because as a person, I love telling stories, but I was much more of like the animated person that told the story, not so much who the person that wrote the story. Right. I always loved and you know, I always wanted to write the story, but I never gave enough credit to my imagination, right? And where I find that I am today is I was this really creative guy. I went to LA, I'm going for it. Then there were some things that happened in my life where I was like, uh, this is scary and I don't know if this is what I wanna do for the rest of my life. And yeah. then, you know, a girl comes into the picture, right? As, as it can often happen, but you know, you fast forward and then all of a sudden, instead of thinking about being in movies, you're thinking about diapers, right? And, and being in a family. And so it's not that you not ever have the creative juices, but you forget what it's even like to be proactive about doing anything outside of what are your kids. Yeah. And I say this, right, not to come to this whole like, oh, kids and family. Meh. Yeah. No, it's like you come to that point where life is hectic. But as a creative person, what I love about the podcast and talking about how how do we get creativity into real life? Yeah, yeah. Is that it couldn't stay suppressed. And so I evolved and the kids get older. And now what I find myself is as a, as a person who has three girls, 18, 13 and four. So I've got to be what? Creative. I've got to creative be creative on how I talk to the girls. I've got to be creative in how I parent to the girls. I've got to be creative on my approach with the girls. All to, you know, kind of do the due diligence of someone that they want to be present and around in their world, right? But in that, and, and being creative there, it puts you in this creative mindset. Yeah. Right? It's doing something for the family, but it, so... Then what I found is that all of a sudden, um, the creativity of how to be a better parent, and I'm starting to kind of read more there, um, or I read more there, is I started then getting the juice of flowing to then starting to feel like, man, how, how do I become creative in other areas of my life? And I go on hikes a lot now. You yeah, know, you I'm an old me, yeah. man, right? And, and and so now I do old man things like wake up really early and and a hike. <laughs> Not going on walks on small hills, but I hike. I, I hike. I call it now. hike, yeah. 
I'm a hiker. Take sticks. And so I say that because you can't let you can't keep this the creative juices in. And now I find myself wanting to tell the story. Right. So it went from just trying to be a creative parent to realize there's still the creative person inside of me. And now that that person's inside of me, I find this thing that wants to tell the story. I want to write the plot lines. And I think why I want to write the plot lines is that I'm this I'm a 44 year old single dude with three daughters, two moms. And when you would have asked me when I was 12 what success was, that's definitely not what I was writing down. <laughs> right. But, you know, as I sit here with you today and you can ask anyone in my world, I'm about as joyful a guy as you will ever meet. I, I love agree. life. I love my kids. I love the life that the Lord has provided for me. I love everything about it. So I think that there's beauty in that, right? Which is if you would have asked me what my destination was when I was 12, if I would have put things, uh, maybe not, I'm not there, but if you would have said, what, what about how you feel? What about what's in your heart and your mind? If you could feel any way, man, I, I think I pretty much feel close to it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so the way I got here, though, is much different than what I would have written down when I was 12. And so that I find so much beauty in that. Not just beauty. I find beauty, A, because how that's changed my life. Right? This agility. Like we're in this 2020 time frame. If it's any lesson we should all take away from 2020, it's don't put a box on what you think. Right. Absolutely. Right? Have goals, have aspirations, and put you, effort. And, and, but don't put such a box. Don't define yeah. everything. Live your life daily. Go for it every day on whatever it is. But don't feel like that has to come looking or feeling a certain way because what you're going to do is you're going to either A, suppress the joy you could feel in the process yep. or B, you're going to suppress the process. Yep. That, amen. I, right? I don't even say amen, but amen. Awesome. And it's, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that, and, I, and I'll even take a step further to say it's not, it's not even that you shouldn't put a box. It's that you'd better not because if you do, you ain't, you're not going to go very it's far. It's hampering, especially today, right? Especially yep. today when we have, you know, every, this whole, you know, new normal concept, it's, it's a real thing. Yeah. And, and it, I'm not saying that that is what's defining everything, but there's a lot of symbolisms on how we have to psychologically evolve to what's going on because of the pandemic and what your mind should want to be like in order to enjoy life as it's coming to us. Right. With the stimulation and search circumstance and situations, right? Um, life is coming at us quick and it doesn't have to be perfect, but you've got to be agile. And what I've found is someone who was in life that kind of felt like failure was a bad thing, that falling down was a bad thing, right? As that insecure little kid. Yeah. It's so cool that at this point I realize, you know, the advice I give my kids, I give people is like race to failure. Yeah. Run to failure, fail big, fail often because A, Nothing humbles you like failure. B, that's where all of the learning is. The learning and the lessons are in the failure. And what I also realized, Matt, is aha, the beauty, the journey, the story. Oftentimes, it's right there, you know? Yeah. Like you can take all the good stuff, but the good stuff is just kind of the manifestation of who you decided to be through the other stuff. Yep. The beauty that's and the right. story right. is in the is in the stuff that you tried to run from or hide from your whole life. And so now is this insecure kid who's grown up, who loves his life, who loves where he is, who um, embraces life. 
I'm so fascinated with how I got here versus what I thought it should have looked like. Yeah. But here I am. And, aha, I don't think I'm alone. No. I don't think I'm alone. I think there's so many of us out there that are in that same area, in that same space. And so now creatively, I find myself wanting to tell stories. And be open about what the tell truth is. Tell my story is. and tell other stories. Yeah. Right, the stories of, of life being perspective, life life not being really, like life not being this five-year race, life not being about trophies, plaques, best salesman of the year or this of the month, right? Life and the things that make you feel great are so much about um, getting there. Yeah. And we're all, and we're all, two things. We all have a different set of circumstances, but we all have them. Right, meaning we all have our shit. We all have it. And we all have our way of how we're getting through it. And none of it is the same. And so much of it is beautiful. Yeah. And so now I find myself creativity, creative, creative from, from a creative mindset, yeah. um, taking more notes and observing more life. And, and writing it down. More, and, and writing it down. Right. And then and then getting to talk to you. Right. 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 I know this is where the things went off the, the rails no, last no. time. But I but, you know, yeah, want to still mention it, but know that I'm not going to, you know, fall into this. Um, we'll get emotionally sidetracked, which is, you know, meeting you, Denise, has been a wonderful thing because of being creative. And if anything, the message here is ripples make waves. Um. Don't underestimate the impact you can have as being creative. Don't suppress it. Share it. Right. Absolutely. Learn it. Earn, um. What? What is it? Learn it. Earn it. And return it. Right. Oof. So know it. <laughs> hey. Know it. Love it. And then give it back to someone. Yeah. You know. Um. Because I. I went from wanting to be a, a great actor, a motivational speaker, people that changed lives. That's really what I wanted to do. I only wanted to really act so that I was had enough um, credibility to inspire. Yeah. Right? And then as you I matured- You didn't realize that you didn't have to be uh, called an actor. Well, as I matured, I realized if my calling was to inspire, then being an actor did not have to be a part of that equation. While mm -hmm. I understood why, I understood it didn't need to be. So then you do that. So then you're like, oh, so now the goal is to inspire. So then you kind of put all this creativity stuff on hold thinking, Oh, well, if I'm not going to be an actor, then I'm not thinking about scripts and I'm not thinking about plays or I'm not watching screenwriting or I'm not. But what I realized is well, now no, you're I'm, improvising. I'm, I'm still watching. I'm still as. And what I realized when I met you and Denise is and I started talking, you know, that the, the reality was you may not know this, but in meeting y'all and when we were told that we had so much similarity about being in Los Angeles and doing that. You telling me about everything you were doing and you asking me was the first time I had talked about my creative stuff. No way. In probably four or five years at that time. And that was, that was, I was just focused on ago, being yeah. a dad. Yeah. I was just focused on being, you know what I mean? Out of a divorce, having kids, just wanting to be someone they would still look up to. Yeah. That's really all I gave a crap about. Yeah. Um, and which is actually that's okay. Yeah. It's that's okay. Good. That's the beauty of life. The beauty of life is that that's what happened at that time. But when I did meet you guys, you not only were someone that were creatively interested, but you did know how to take a concept from soup to nuts, something that I always was challenged with, no matter where I was in my acting, right? Like I could show up, I could perform. Um, 
I was raw, but I had presence. Yeah. Right? Which is what the great Charles S. Dutton told me. I was yeah. raw, but I had presence. And um, but the ability to take something that's in your mind and take it all the way to something that people can digest and appreciate takes more so much more than what people realize and the fact that you guys were doing it was very inspiring to me oh so that's... it not only made me want to share it with you guys yeah but it made me want to do it more and it's it's weird because now i write down uh, it's not because it can be something but it's because i can talk about what it could be with you guys yeah and then so, maybe something catches and we and we we make something well, you, just, you know man that's the beauty of life yeah Right, the beauty of life, you know, and this is a great example. So let's say it catches something and let's say we anything we did became something. That manifestation would be so amazing. Right. It would be a great story to tell. Right. It would be the reward story. But where you and I would win would be about everything you and I would do from right now. Yeah until that time. Getting to spend time together, getting to to create together kind of thing. Yeah, and no. And I think that's what's, that. there it is. There, at Tori, how are you putting creativity in life? It's, these are like the things that I yeah. am doing create, from a creative standpoint. I'm writing, I'm doing, I give you a little bit more, um, you know, of how I got here. But the reality is, is I've realized that everything is about the journey. So why not with your creative mindset, not worry about where you're gonna end up with it, but dive into it mm -hmm. and enjoy your creative journey. Man, yeah, it's, it's it, you said a couple of things in there too, which by the way, that was awesome. You got, you, 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 you uh, there, I've, I've known a few people where they, you kind of like pro, poke one hole and they'll just go plow, you know, they got it, you know, and you got that. And there was a couple of things you said in there that really, really made me, it reminded me of a couple of different things, especially the, the idea of what you think success is gonna be versus what it ends up, you know, what, what it ends up being. Right. And I saw this meme, we're a meme society now, but, but it's sort of like this, uh, it, it's just a, an arrow that one of them was, it said success at the bottom and it had an arrow and it just pointed straight to the top, just straight perfect line to the top. And, and then it had the old uh, circle with the line through it to like negate it, to say that, that that's not the way that it works. Yeah. And then it had another thing that started with the arrow and then it was this like web of squiggly nonsense. And then it, it got to the top and it was at the top still, but that said, that's what success actually looks like is you have no clue I what know the hell. I know what you mean, <laughs> and that is, and that is, so right? And, the, and also like the simple thing that I like to tell somebody is this pressure we put on ourselves, right? Like, especially cultures matter. Mm -hmm. And here in America, we've got a very hardworking culture, but we also have a very competitive yeah. culture. And we have to recognize this and because of the truths that we have, because I feel that we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. And for me, what helped change my life is from the mindset of thinking that I had to be somebody to realizing that I am somebody. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like there's nothing I have to prove to anyone um, except for who I look in the mirror and who I want to be, right? So don't feel like you've got to go be anyone. Just know who you are. It doesn't mean you don't change. It doesn't mean you don't evolve, but you are. Yeah, and you I've are, and that's that's uh, there's a freedom to that. Well, and and so much of what seems like a, there's a common thread um, 
among people that are successful at various different things. Um, and, and mainly by successful, I guess I would define success as they're content and happy with what they're doing in life. And if you're content and happy, then you're by all means, right, successful, right? So so the, what I've noticed in people that, that are there, they have this I they have this one piece figured out of number one, there's no clear way to define what success is. But there's it, it. They also have this other piece, which is that you have to be open to failing. And I feel like I've known a lot of people who were super closed off. They wouldn't talk about certain things. They would never uh, let the guard down because if the guard comes down, now they look like a failure. They would go so far as to lie, right? And I say they. I've done it before too, right? But I think there's so much more. Uh, talent in the truth. <laughs> if you tell well, the truth, just say, man, this is what I, what I did. <laughs> amen. A part of the reason why I wanted to even have this conversation where there was a platform is that I would like that for that me that message to resonate more yeah. with with human beings yeah. and with our children. Because not is, only don't I, not do different. I not judge you, you're not different. but I've done I'm it. I'm <laughs> not different. Like we live in this, we live yeah. in a world where we are taught our kids are being taught. Our, our, we were taught by our parents where there were certain um, certain things that led to whatever success was. Right. Right. I was not raised to say, well, what makes me happy? Yeah. Was that, you know, I, I wasn't. I, I was Wait. raised on like there's some certain pillars um, of what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. And if you accomplish said pillars, then, then that is success. And I, you know, the message that I want to get out there is... Um, that is wrong. And then the reason it's wrong is that it's putting a pressure on you to have to be someone, mm -hmm. right? And An image of something. And maybe ultimately in order to experience the most joy in your life, you know, all we need to do to experience joy is have security and safety. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be rich. You don't have to be famous. You just have to feel secure and safe. Yeah. And so for me, it's, I want people to know that because I, I want more people to realize you know, this word success, it really has to do with more what's in the mind and the heart. And that that isn't a fine, like it, that it isn't the destination that tells that story. It really is the journey. And that's why I say run to failure. Right. Right. So many of us have been afraid to failure. Um, what I tell the people closest to me and my children is this, know this, the bigger you fail in life, the bigger you will succeed in life hands down run at it don't be afraid of it we all fail yeah we all fail the if you if the people and if you fail small then you're gonna learn a little thing and you're not gonna probably learn anything super valuable if you play everything so safe that well you, if you, you know, play everything safe you're just right right at the end of the day i want at least my ecosystem and my kids to know that the way i look at failure is effort Right, like I gave it, I went big and I failed big. Big swings. And that's big why swings. am I so proud of, <laughs> why am I so proud if you're my friend or my family for doing that? Because I know from being someone that took bold moves at certain times 
the amount of growth you're going to experience, the lessons you're gonna learn, the human being you are going to become, the humility you're going to experience. Is gonna be something. And I don't mean like things like, you know, going to the deep end with drugs and not being able yeah, to yeah, come yeah, back. Yeah. I know there's a lot of people that may Mis have- Misconceive what you're yeah, or, yeah. saying, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that life is just about taking it to the dark end and then, you know, yeah, finding. Yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. saying that we're all Take given, chances, take some big swings. Right, right. We're all given kind of our own set of stuff. Yeah. Not all of it's going to be Cheerios and ice cream. And if you and if you take big swings with something that comes from an honest place where it's like I'm taking a big swing at trying to do something bigger, that's a big swing. You know, if you go down the rabbit hole with drugs, that's not a very big swing. It's that's an, that's actually the easy way out. You right. Know? <laughs> right. <laughs> a lot of fun. Right. On the way down. I wouldn't even stop to say it <laughs> is, except I was I was talking to some folks um, that I care about and we got into this conversation and I know they had been impacted by someone they love in that way. And when I talked about being the pain, they they were not a big fan. Yeah. Of of. So I do. I did want to take a few seconds just. To no, I'm glad you cleared that up. Uh, you you also said a couple of things that reminded me. You know, for years I, uh, you know, all I can, and it's and you know it's still my favorite part of all of the filmmaking process is the acting part. Um, but for years I just was obsessed with just following uh, who I thought were the greatest actors and just like try to take in what they were saying and and who knows some they probably don't even remember every damn thing they said. But but. I would take it seriously. And uh, I remember Paul Newman said at one point he was talking about failing and he and he was really just talking about making choices on the set to like, you know, play a scene a certain way. And he said that he would usually go hard at whatever he thought was going to be the right thing. And he said, you, he said, the best thing about doing that is you're either spot on or if you're wrong, the director's gonna come over and you're gonna learn the 180 degree opposite direction you should be going and you get the right answer on the second take. And so it's, it, it, you know, it, you're gonna figure it out better if you go for it rather than if you pussyfoot around. And, and, uh, and it reminded me another thing when, when it was, uh, you talked about acting and, and how you thought being an actor would be uh, a way to be credible. Right. Right. Yeah. And they would always ask Marlon Brando, who's sort of cr credited as being the greatest film actor ever. Right. But he, they would ask him that he hated that question. And he said, look, acting is a means of survival. I'm, you do it. You're doing it right now. I, I do it on screen. Everybody does it. We're all acting every day of our lives. If we couldn't act, we couldn't survive. And that's pretty true. I mean, it is really true. <laughs> Wise words. Yeah. It, it, so. I mean, there's just so much to, I think, you know, like I said, we've always talked about, Denise and I have been saying since the beginning we started this podcast was like, what is a creative job? Every job's creative if, you, if, you're, crea if you're a creative person. That's right. And being a parent, that is as creative as it gets. You, you're finding new creative ways to get a message to your, your kids. I mean, what's bigger than that, you know? Right. I think that that's a hard job anyways, but the pandemic being at home, right? Yeah. Having to teach the, having to come up, you know, you've got, you for a while, we were the teachers also. So, so much praise to all the teachers out there and what right. that job is. But, you know, you realize that teachers, like how creative they must need oh, to be yeah. in order to have not just the lesson, but the way they deliver the lesson um, in order to have it really resonate with the kids. Because here we are at home trying to yeah. to figure that same stuff out. Yeah. And it, it, it's not easy. Yeah, actually, remember Kobe Bryant, have his, I remember seeing he was doing all those books before he passed away. 
he had been doing the production company and it was, I guess it was, I'm calling it a production company. I think it was a publishing company. He was publishing kids books. And they asked him what he, what, what in the world got you into that? He probably won an Oscar for that uh, short movie yeah. that he wrote. Yeah. You know? And uh, he said, well, I was, I realized that I couldn't just go tell all the lessons that I know in life to be true. I couldn't just go lay those out on a list of paper to my daughters and have them take that in. I had to find a creative way to instill that stuff in them. So if I write it into the story and they read the story, now they're affected by the lesson without me saying it. Dad doesn't have to say it. Dad kind of steeped it into you <laughs> by, you know, it's like. Beautiful dude yeah. that dude was. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. great. That's great to know. Yeah, and that sounds like the same process you're going through, you know, it's like, how can I use this? So. That's it. So man, I've got a couple of quotable things here. We got ripples, make waves. We've got run to failure. And I, I like that word humble. You said that it, it makes you humble. Um, I think that's also an, like an indirect benefit of failing is it gives you some humility. It makes, and it makes you get really good at it. Yeah. Right. I mean, the reality is, is a part of the thing is failing is the fear of how you're going to feel about being a failure. Right. Right. You you create this truth in your mind that you're less than that. You failing means you are not worthy. Yeah. And that's not what it is. Right. Um, what it is, is that you didn't whatever it was, there wasn't a performance that either met or exceeded the expectation of whatever success was. Yep. Right. It's that simple. Yeah. Right. And if you, if you tell yourself that, what you realize is that we all are failing every day, many, many times. Yeah. Yeah. Many times All the times. Right. I mean, all the way from the, I shouldn't have that snack right now. Yeah. Oh, I just had that <laughs> snack. <laughs> Failure. Yeah. Right. Um, but I've realized when you don't beat yourself up, but you hold yourself accountable. Yeah. That's a really health space. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Not to beat yourself up, but to hold yourself accountable. And I find that that has been matured with the humility that comes with failure. Right. And acting. Right. No, that's that's awesome, man. So how, here's how we normally end these things. All right. Denise instilled this, and if I don't do it, she's going to give me hell. So she normally says we do a top three. Now... I'm gonna have to go back really and listen to how I'm gonna title this. I, I mean, there's we covered a lot of ground, but top three typically is like, what are the top three? If you had three things that you wanted to leave uh, someone who's listening to this with, what would those three things be? And I'll, I'm gonna start, and that then, and I, I imagine you probably come up with them right off the top of your head. I'm gonna steal yours. Yo, go um, for it. But the run to failure thing is obviously key, and and I th that could actually be the title of the podcast. Uh, but you also said something else. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a different three. That's just a big one. When you said listen, oh, I said, and then um, you said I, I'm gonna listen, and then you said something said, in the middle, and then you said I'm gonna try to make you laugh any chance I get. Oh, the three pillars. Uh, uh, right, right. So for me, um, the three pillars were I was going to, um, I was going to take the time to authentically listen to whatever it was that anyone had to say. 
Second, I was going to take the opportunity to vocalize how it is I relate or how their problem is relatable. You know, I always wanted to take time to let people know whether it was me or someone I knew, you're not on an island. Yeah. This isn't a you problem. So let's not get in our pity party boat and, and go paddle. Right. Um, but then the final thing is that I, I do. I want I want to make you laugh um, harder than you've ever laughed before. Yeah. I mean, man, that to me, I don't know what better three get out of that. It's like that. And especially that last one, that last one is such a kicker. It's the it's the cherry on top, because that's the thing that if you do have that actor in you, you kind of do want the spotlight on you once in a while, but you're not stealing the show. You're actually giving the show to the other person and then you're taking the cherry. <laughs> yeah. That's, you know, right. You get you get the you get the ice cream, you get the fudge. I'm taking the cherry. <laughs> it's the least at least we could have. Right. And then I did the learn, earn and return. I do like that because I uh, think yeah. that that um, say it one more would learn, learn, earn and return. And for what it is, it's it's learn, which is have the thirst to want to go get educated and go get educated. Earn is become someone that others would consider knowledgeable on whatever it is and then return, which is take whatever it is you've learned, the lessons you've learned, That's whatever, and give it to someone else without yeah. asking what's in return, wh without wondering about what's coming back to you. Just do that, and I think if that's you that's actually a really good one too. Give those three things, you know, kind of as a philosophy of we all have like this thing that I'm talking about is just my own little glimpse of the beauty that I found in life that I want to share. But I think what's cool and the message that I'd like to give is that all, everyone who would listen to this or that is walking, we all have our own version of that beauty, um, that thing that makes us us, that thing that we have to give. And so I would say, just don't underestimate it. And and when you got it, don't be afraid, be vulnerable, because that's beautiful and give it to the people around you. And I think if we can all share that concept, you know, little by little, we can, we can make these ripples into waves. Dude, we're gonna end right there, love right it. there. I love it. Thanks for coming up, brother. Thank you so much for having me, Matt. All right, episode 23 in the books. Thank you.